You are now entering the mind of one of rock's greatest musicians, a former singer of Styx. The exclusive podcast, Come Sail Away, with Dennis DeYoung. Hey kids, Dennis DeYoung here again. You know, last night I was up really late racking my brains just trying to figure out what in the heck was I going to talk about today on this podcast. And I thought, well, what about singers and singing? So I can give you some of my opinions today about how I feel about what makes a singer and what doesn't make a singer, in my opinion. Well, I like to divide, particularly in in rock music, between singers and stylists. To me, they're two different things. A singer is someone who can sing rock music and sing other types of music and make them believable in both cases. These people are rarer than the stylists. You can, you can name singer after singer in rock bands and in rock music that are stylists. They do that one thing and they do it great, but they don't have the ability to transcend into another style of music and make that believable and sellable as a vocalist as well. For instance, let's go to the extreme. Luciani Pavarotti, probably the greatest uh, Italian tenor, operatic uh, tenor of all time, but you never want to hear oh, uh, Luciano sing something other than opera. He, he doesn't transcend the medium. And this is true of a lot of opera singers because they are taught specifically a particular way that they use their, their, their diaphragm along with all the other uh, parts of their body, their head, everything, to make a particular sound. Now, most rock singers are, are not trained. They just have this, this idea that they can sing and they step up to the microphone and they start wailing and that's what they do. So if you're a singer, a pure singer, to me this is somebody who sings in pitch for the most part, doesn't have to be perfect, but sings in pitch, um, sings in time, most importantly, convinces you that they believe the words they're singing in the song. This is what the great singers do. And the really good ones can, can sing different styles of music. For instance, again, one of the great pop singers of the 20th century, Frank Sinatra, a great interpreter of lyric. And he could swing with the best of them, and he was totally unique. And he could sing the heck out of all those, all the great American songbook. In fact, he was, he was partially responsible for inventing most of it. But you wouldn't want to hear him sing you know, Johnny Be Good, or Hound Dog, or any number of, uh, of rock songs. He just couldn't step out of his element. So what I'm going to talk about today, first and foremost, is my f- five favorite singers of all time. And all of them really are, I'm gonna, but I'm going to limit it to popular music and to rock music. And by popular music, I'm not talking about the Frank Sinatra's and the Tony Bennett's and all those guys that I love from that period but mostly from my era of pop music that began probably somewhere in the middle 50s, okay? Top five, here we go. And I've looked at a bunch of lists of people talking about, you know, this, 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 what, this one's got a list, and the, the 100 greatest male singers, the 100 greatest rock singers, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at a bunch of them, and I thought to myself, of these 100 that these people put down there, I can think that 25 or 30 I don't even think belong on lists of singers, they just don't even qualify for me, but to each his own, said the lady as she kissed the cow. So here we go, top five. Are you ready? Uh, Elvis Presley. Why Elvis? Oh, my God. Why Elvis? I don't think there's ever been anyone uh, 
who could be more convincing in a myriad of styles than Elvis. You start right out, you go to those sun sh- sessions, and you listen to him rock on those things that he's singing on. Oh, my God. They're, they're, it's raw. It's rocking. And he's really, more than anything, uh, inventing a brand new vocal style. He took, obviously, he stole from all, all, all the black artists that were of his day, the race music people, and people like Little Richard and Arthur Crudup and all the people around him. He took that, and then he listened to the gospel singing in, in probably in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the gospel church. And he, he liked Dean Martin as well. He was able to bring all these styles together into a true singer's uh, a medium where he invented something. And what he did is, I think, more than anything else, is he was, he was the guy that was able to, for lots of reasons, but primarily that voice, that voice that could make you believe that he was in the jailhouse rock, he was, he, he was really uh, doing that uh, hound dog song, oh my God. Or he could turn around and sing um, uh, my God, any ballad that you want, you name it. Right in the beginning, he's singing, Love Me Tender, and when he's singing, you know, um, I can't stop falling in love. I can't help, excuse me, I can't help falling in love. Oh, my God. It's just, it's 100% believable. So he can rock with that edge on his voice and turn around and sing the sweetest, soulful gospel song. This is, to me, he's the epitome. And I wasn't, don't get me wrong, I don't have scads of Elvis's records. Didn't bought them. I bought some early ones, and I admired them. But as I look back, He's number one. I'm sorry. A lot of lists put um, Freddie, Freddie Mercury at the top. And I love Freddie. He just doesn't qualify in the top five for me. All right, who's number two? Well, you all know I love Paul McCartney. And I do. But I'm going to say the same things I said uh, about Paul that I said about Elvis. They could do, Paul could sing, I saw her standing there, or listen to him sing uh, Kansas City. He just rocks out with that, edgy rasp on his voice when he needs it and then he can turn around and sing something like blackbird right or let it be or you name it i mean it's just too many songs uh to name with the variations of style or sing when i'm 64 make you believe something like that this is a man who goes on the the list as number two um because he can, he can just cover all those bases and make them all believable and he's number two because he listened to elvis right and, 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 and really, um, just like Elvis, uh, McCartney listened to Little Richard and all those, those singers as well. But I put him number two. The reason guys like Little Richard aren't going to get the top five is because Little Richard, to me, is a stylist. A great stylist. He could do that thing. Okay? He could do that thing. But going in different directions, he's better suited to do that one thing. Nothing wrong with that. To be unique and nail something down. You can get a big prize at the door for that. You really can't. That's two guys we got now. We got Elvis and we got Paul. Number three, Stevie Wonder. Oh, my God. Stevie could do anything. And the brilliance of his, his vocalization, not on just the, you know, on, on, on the ascension, essential R&B stuff he does. Listen to Fingertips when he was just a kid. Oh, And then he says, uh, isn't she lovely? Just a beautiful sounding voice when he wants, but really soulful and funky when he wants to be. Just one of the great singers. And what he does in terms of his improvisational skills as a singer, the melismas he does. But these are the little tricks that he comes up with. So many um, uh, 
other singers have copied him and what he does. He's just, he's this is the best, I'm telling you. And a songwriter, these are the, these are my top three, okay? Um, who's four? Uh-oh, didn't see this one coming. Yeah, uh, Tom Jones. Yeah, Tom Jones. I mean, here's the problem with Tom. Um, Tom made a decision early on to end up in Vegas. And when you're up in Vegas, you know, with the scarves and, no, that was Elvis. What, what Tom, Tom Jones, he's kissing the people in the audience. I don't know. He does, you know, and the sweating and the gyrations. Many times for a lot of people, they can't see through that. And, but the judgment of the, the man's vocal uh, prowess, there is such a deep richness and quality to the sound of the man's voice, whether he's singing, you know, uh, uh, anything he sings. He, he brings credibility to the blues songs. I went back and listened to a lot of the early rock songs he did with people when he had his TV show. You, he steps in there, he can do anything. And he can be dramatic or he can be less, but I want to think of even just something like Delilah. It's almost soulfully operatic. He just can do anything. Um, and, and like I said, the hip swiveling and all that stuff, this is show business. You know, uh, so sometimes you have to be able to separate what you're looking at and what you're listening to. Tom Jones, he, he's number four. I, I, I don't, uh, there it is. And number five, you're going to laugh. Don't laugh too loud because it'll hurt my ears. <clears throat> Johnny Mathis. Oh, he said it. Why Johnny? Here, listen, kids. This is tied to a very important time in my life when I was just beginning to discover what girls were. Yeehaw! So, and Johnny Mathis, Mathis was intrinsically tied to that time because at the parties that we used to have when you're like 12, 13, 14 years old and you first get to play spin the bottle, oh my God, that kind of stuff. Uh, you start out the beginning of the evening jitterbugging and dancing all over and doing the twist and hopping up and down and jumping like a bunny, getting all sweated up. But then when the lights start to dim at the party and it's time to pair off, and if you're lucky, you do. Otherwise, you sit in the, in the corner and go, what's wrong with me? And you'd, if you're lucky to pair off, Johnny Mathis could sneak, sneak down the stereo and he starts singing and it's so romantic that you start having your first kisses and you start having your fake, your first uh, make-out sessions. Yo-dee-do-do, I'm telling you. So Johnny Mathis gets on the list because he was so important to my development as a young lad. I mean, how can you turn... I mean, let's face it, guys. This is important stuff. So I stick him on the list. Is he a rock singer? No. Can he sing? <clears throat> can he... He does Johnny Mathis. He really... He, but he's a great singer. And he can do all kinds of pop music. I wouldn't put him on the rock list. But he's important because back in the time when I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on in life, there he was singing into my ear in the background. All right, those are my top five singers. <clears throat> I could go on and on and on uh, with the list, but I want to really focus on this difference between, between what I call a stylist and what I call a real singer. And um, here's, here's, here's a pretty good example, because I'm going to talk about stylists, the great stylists in rock, rock music, uh, on another podcast. But if you look, let's just look at a, a band like uh, Van Halen. Yes. They started out with David Lee, who is a stylist. He does that thing. 
You know, it's, it's, it's unique unto himself. Now, can David sing other things and branch out, sing a ballad? I don't know. I never, I never heard him try. But my, my thought is he's best suited for being that front man in Van Halen. All right? And they replaced him with Sammy. Now, here's the deal with Sammy. Sammy is more of a real rock singer than a stylist. Sammy, I believe, could sing whatever he wants, although I do believe, by and large in his career, he has focused on that, that red rocker thing, that persona of his, which he does great. So on future podcasts, I'm going to talk about all my favorite stylists over the years and all my, my favorite singers, both from bygone eras and the era in which I performed in and the modern day singers and what I think is really lacking in a lot of the modern day rock singers. And We'll save that for another podcast. But I hope you enjoyed me uh, uh, spinning my wheels here about singing. And, and, and the funny thing, I looked at a bunch of lists, and I appear in a couple of them. Those are all compiled by people who are completely out of their mind. But anyway, I got on them. I'm happy to be on them. And for that, I go, lady, shut him up. All right, listen, I hope the universe starts spinning in your direction. Cheers. Enlightening? Perhaps. Entertaining? Always. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Come Sail Away, with Dennis DeYoung. Get the next new episode Friday morning at 7 a.m. on this website.